Uh, let me give a brief uh, introduction. It's a great pleasure to have Eleanor here with us. Uh, Eleanor and I have worked on committees for IEEE Control System Society for several years, and Eleanor is uh, a vice president of the uh, Control System Society at the moment, um, has been for many years. Um, one of the things we don't learn about each other on those committees is our research interests, which is uh, strange and unfortunate, but it's, it's very good that it overlaps uh, quite well with the interests here at the Hamilton in, uh, in switch positive systems. Thanks, Thank Eleanor. you very much. Thank you, Rick. Okay, first of all, thanks a lot for the kind invitation. I'm very happy to be here. Um, uh, well, while preparing the talk yesterday, I had a thought. Normally, when I give this kind of talks, uh, like at CDC conferences, I have the feeling that nobody in front of me is understanding a word of what I say. Well, I was thinking that this is the first situation in which I probably have in front of me people who know about these things more than I do, actually. Hopefully not specifically the things that I'm going to talk about, but still. So um, these are preliminary results about uh, the stabilization of discrete time positive switch systems. And this is a joint work with the, well, my former boss, I call him, oh, still call him boss, he was my advisor during my, my PhD thesis, Ettore Fornazini. So they are preliminary in nature, and uh, I mean, I hope they are interesting enough. Uh, since my expertise is uh, more on the reachability properties about uh, positive switch systems, actually, so it's only recently that I've been starting dealing with the stability and stabilization problems. So this is uh, the outline of my talk. I will give some mathematical preliminaries, actually very, very simple ones, actually. Probably I could have even skipped the page, but it seems nice to do that. Uh, because, I mean, some the mathematical stuff is uh, hidden in the proofs. And then I will give a brief introduction to discrete time positive switch systems. Uh, I will introduce uh, the stabilization problem and give uh, very elementary results, but apparently not known yet. And then, in order to, uh, to address the problem of uh, stabilization by means of uh, switching sequences, which depends on the state, so I call them state feedback stabilization sequences, uh, I will introduce some algebraic properties of pairs of positive matrices. Um, I want to underline that I'm going to give this talk uh, considering pair of matrices and uh, switch systems that commute the switch between two subsystems, but some of the results can be extended to the more general case. Okay, so these are the very elementary mathematical preliminaries. R plus denotes the semi-ring of non-negative real numbers, and R plus n is the non-negative orthant, namely the set of all n-dimensional non-negative vectors. Uh, we say that a matrix A, or in particular a vector V, is non-negative, and if so, we use this symbol, greater than or equal to zero if all its entries are non-negative. We say that it is positive, and we use the symbol, if all its entries are non-negative, but one at least is positive, so it cannot be the zero matrix or the zero vector, respectively. And finally, we say that a matrix A or a vector V is strictly positive, and we use the symbol, if all its entries are positive. With the symbol 1 sub n, we denote the n-dimensional vectors whose entries are all equal to one, and we say that the square matrix A is assured if all its eigenvalues lie within the unit circle in the complex plane. Finally, just to distinguish the notation uh, for positive vectors and matrices and positive definite matrices, I introduce this last definition, this last notation actually. We, a square symmetric matrix P is positive definite and we use this notation if 
For Rabinon Zero Vector X, of course, of compatible size, we have that this, this product, so this color number, is positive. And of course, it is negative definite when minus P is positive definite. Okay, let's come now to discrete time positive switch systems. Uh, of course, oh, the definition can be, I mean, not uniquely given, but in this case, we uh, confine our attention to discrete time positive switch systems, which are described by an equation of this type. So, in a sense, we ignore the inputs. We have x, which represents the n-dimensional state variable, sigma, which is a switching sequence, taking values in this case, as I said, in a finite set consisting of the symbols 1 and 2. And in order to justify uh, the name positive switch system, we assume that for every index i, the matrix A sub i is an n-sum positive matrix. So what is the interest uh, for this class of system? Why are we interested in this class of systems? Well, actually, I mean, most of the persons here already know the answer better than I do, as I said, so, but just to, to recall a few application contexts, uh, consensus problems have resorted to this kind of systems, multi-rate sampling of compartmental models brings to this kind of systems, and there's a recent paper uh, by Ricca, by Patrizio, and uh, Blanchini, and I, I forgot the name of the fourth author, I have to apologize, but I don't remember. Oh, sorry, because probably is the only one I know, sorry. <laughs> uh, for that's um, well, in which the modeling of viral mutation dynamics under drug treatment was just treated by means of uh, systems of this kind. More generically, uh, every time we have the, the, the description of the system dynamics uh, as two main features, namely that of having different linear models which capture uh, the system dynamics, the system behaviors under different operating conditions, and we consider a finite number of them. And in addition, we assume that the physical meaning of the variables involved constrain them to be positive, we end up with a model like this one. Okay, stability and stabilization uh, problems for switch systems are very, quite, uh, very interesting and challenging problems. And uh, uh, for my knowledge of the literature in, in this area, I've seen that there are several results about stability and uh, a little less about stabilization. Actually, I'm, I'm aware only of, uh, of the paper that Patrizia sent me, so I have a little bias, but I mean, he made me biased, I have to say. So he sent me only his papers. But searching in the literature, uh, I've not seen other, other papers specifically on this subject. And uh, to be honest, even the stabilizability of uh, positive systems, so standard non-switching, uh, is, is relatively poor. There are very few results on that. But uh, let's come to the definition that we are interested in. Uh, given a discrete time positive switch system described by the usual equation, we say that such a system is stabilizable if for every positive initial state, we can find a switching sequence, of course, the final z plus and taking values in one, two, that leads the state trajectory to zero as t goes to plus infinity. So it asymptotically goes to zero. Uh, a comment. Uh, in this case, of course, we assume, uh, it's a, I mean, sort of implicit in the definition that the switching sequence may depend on the specific initial state we are considering. And in addition, we consider it as a function of the time. So, oh, I mean, there's no explicit uh, relation between the values of the switching sequence at time t and the value of the state at time t. So this is the very first generic definition. 
And uh, an obvious remark is that the stabilization problem is non-trivial only if both the matrices we are considering are, of course, not sure. Otherwise, we just, uh, I mean, stick to the only good subsystem and we ensure that every uh, positive initial state has an evolution which goes to zero. So the steady assumption is that both matrices will be non-sure. Okay, uh, the, the first result I'm going to present, as, as I was saying, is rather elementary but apparently not known yet, is this one given in Proposition 2. And I will give just a preliminary comment uh, to justify how we can come uh, to this result. I mean, I don't present the proof, no, no I don't present any proofs unless you want to, because they are, they are hidden in, in, in the slides. But, uh, um, so there's a, the, the very simple remark that allows us to, to come to this result. The remark is this one. Suppose that you have a switching sequence sigma that asymptotically drives to zero the state evolution corresponding to a specific uh, initial positive state, namely the state one sub n, whose entries are all equal to one. Then what happens is that this same switching sequence can be used to drive to zero every other positive state, x of zero. In fact, this, if we denote by hex set of t the state evolution corresponding to this initial state and x of t the uh, state evolution corresponding to the positive initial states x of zero, what happens is that uh, we can find surely a positive real number m such that x of zero is of course positive and not greater than uh, uh, the, the multiple m uh, of, the, of the vector one uh, sub m. And the positivity assumptions, which ensures monotonicity, ensures that at each time instant t, we have this inequality, which confines the state trajectory, starting from x of 0, between 0, the 0 vector, and uh, the m times uh, x hat t. So, since this trajectory goes to 0, also this trajectory goes to 0. And this is a very, very silly remark, actually, but this brings to this result. Proposition 2 says that if we have a discrete time positive switch systems, we have three equivalent facts. The system is stabilizable. We can find a positive integer n and indices i sub 0, i sub 1, i sub n minus 1 belonging to the set 1, 2, such that this matrix product is a positive sure matrix. And finally, we can find a switching sequence which is periodic and is stabilizing for each initial positive state. So let's look at, at this result. I mean, the equivalence of condition two and three is pretty obvious because I mean, the state evolution, let's say x of t, is just obtained by putting all the matrices a uh, sub sigma t, sub, sub sigma t minus one, etc., cetera, uh, applied to the initial vector zero. So the equivalence of points two and three is, is practically obvious. And it's also obvious that point three implies one. What is not obvious is that if we can find stabilizing sequence that is potentially different for every initial state, then we can find a single switching sequence, which in addition is even periodic. So this is a, a, an interesting property that positive switch systems exhibit and that uh, standard switch systems do not. Uh, it is worthwhile that uh, uh, in uh, the monography, the, the book uh, about, uh, about switch systems by Sun and Guy, it is proved that uh, uh, for discrete time switch systems, even without any kind of positivity constraint, condition two, I mean uh, the existence of a matrix product of this kind, which is a sure matrix, 
ensure that there's a, a single switching sequence, or it's equivalent, I say, because in one sense it's obvious, it's equivalent to the existence of a single switching sequence that asymptotically drives to zero the state evolution for every initial condition, in this case, arbitrary in R to the M. And this property is known in the literature as consistent asymptotic stabilizability. However, it is also shown by minor example that, uh, in general, asymptotic, uh, pointwise asymptotic stabi stabilizability, uh, which is the way in which uh, uh, what I, I refer to as stabilizability is referred to in uh, the book by San and Guy, uh, does not imply consistent asymptotic stabilizability. So it is just a property of positive switch systems. So we uh, don't, first of all, we don't need to change the switching sequence, and on the other hand, we can implement the switching sequence if we think of a switching as a time function, not as a state function, uh, through a, a periodic switching. Okay, so as I was saying, uh, this is all uh, uh, switching which is time dependent, so there's no feedback on the real value of the state. And in order to uh, think of implementing stabilization techniques, which are state feedback techniques, meaning that uh, the switching sequence depends on the state, I want to explore a few properties of positive matrices, specifically of pairs of positive matrices. Uh, as I said, uh, this talk is, uh, focuses on pairs of matrices and uh, switching systems that uh, switch between only two subsystems, but some of these results, not all unfortunately, can be extended to arbitrary families of uh, positive matrices. Okay, so don't get terrified by the slide, which is a little rich, but that was the only way uh, of putting all the things that we need together. So, uh, what's this? Don't get clear. Okay, we have two matrices, A sub 1 and A sub 2, which are n times n positive matrices. And we have uh, three groups of conditions, actually. Conditions A sub 1, A sub 2, condition B sub 1, B, B, pardon, B, B1, B4, and finally condition C. How are they organized? Well, actually, uh, then I will get into the details of, uh, of the content of the statements, but uh, these two conditions, A1 and A2, are equivalent. Uh, these four conditions, B1, B2, B3, B4, are equivalent. And finally, we have condition C alone. But what happened is that the first two imply the second four, which in turn imply the, th the last one, the third one. So what is written here? Uh, the first set of conditions uh, actually implicitly talk about a uh, positive definite uh, quadratic Lyapunov function. In fact, uh, the first condition says that there exists a symmetric and positive definite matrix such that in every state uh, of the of the whole uh, all the whole R, all the whole vector space R to the n, either this inequality holds or this other inequality holds. And what is A2 with respect to A1? Actually, it's just a slightly modified version, a str slightly stronger version, apparently, of A1, because we don't ask that this is a negative value, or this is a negative value, but that uh, uh, this, this first part is smaller than a, a small multiple of uh, uh, the square norm uh, with the, with the, with the minus, minus sign. So, uh, literally, we can find a, a symmetric, positive definite matrix, and a, a number epsilon positive, such that in every point of R to the n, either this condition holds 
or this other condition old. So if any of these two conditions is verified, then we have that either one of these four equivalent conditions are verified. We can find a convex combination of the two matrices A sub 1 and A sub 2, which is sure. We can find a strictly positive vector such that in every point of the positive orthant, which is not on the boundary, so in every positive state, well, actually, it is on the boundary, but it's not, uh, uh, yeah, it can, yeah, it cannot be the zero vector. Uh, either this condition holds or this condition holds. The third condition says that we can find a strictly positive vector and a parameter alpha uh, belonging to zero, the interval 0, 1, such that this single condition holds. And finally, the fourth condition of this, uh, of this group is that we can find a symmetric matrix no positivity requirement uh, is involved, just symmetry of rank 1, such that in every point of the positive orthant, this condition holds, and again, either this one or this one, this among one um, uh, either one of these two inequalities holds. Finally, then I will comment briefly on these conditions. The, fir the, the, I mean the first set of conditions, which consists of uh, C alone, and which is implied by this, so in turn by these two, is that there exists a symmetric matrix such that, such that in every point of the positive orthant, this condition holds, and either one of these conditions is verified. So these conditions are, are very similar, and I mean the equivalence of, pardon me, the equivalence of some of them is uh, rather obvious. Oh, sorry, you see my pictures in a line. <laughs> Okay, some of them are pretty obvious. Uh, these are pretty obvious. I mean, one could think that the second one is, uh, is not, not useful. The reason why I use it is because it's, uh, this condition is used in a famous paper by Ferron to prove, uh, uh, to prove some of the inequalities that uh, are appearing here for continuous time case uh, and uh, uh, for systems which are not necessarily positive. These conditions are very, I mean, the equivalence of a B1 and a B3 is, is, is pretty obvious, and that B3 implies B2 is, is pretty obvious too. Uh, the other conditions are a little less obvious to be, to be proved, but nonetheless, uh, I mean, the proof is not particularly challenging. And of course, it's, it's easily seen that B4 implies C, because we restrict, uh, I mean, the matrices to those having rank 1, so if we can find one of rank 1 satisfying this condition, of course, we can find one of arbitrary rank. So, oh, these conditions are, I mean, just a little annoying to be read all, of, all together, but they are rather simple and they will be useful for the following analysis. So, uh, a first remark that is worthwhile making is that uh, uh, the second uh, group of conditions uh, imply but are not equivalent to condition C. In fact, uh, by simple example like this one, we can see that uh, there's no way to obtain a convex combination of these two matrices, which is a sure matrix. And consequently, we cannot find a matrix a P of rank 1 that satisfies condition before. However, we can find uh, a matrix P that satisfies the condition C. In fact, this symmetric matrix, matrix of rank 2 is such that in every point of the positive orthant, both this condition and either one of these conditions is verified. So there are cases in which uh, there's not uh, a 
convex combination of the two matrices which gives a sure matrix. So we cannot use, uh, uh, let's say, this nice vectors V that provides either condition B2 or condition B3, but we can still consider this kind of matrices that, uh, as we will see, will lead to the so-called quadratic positive functions that are useful for analyzing the stabilizability of the system described by this pair of matrices. So, and what about the equivalence between uh, the bunch of conditions B1, B4 and uh, condition A1, A2? Well, I have no clue actually. I mean, I've, we have tried to make some examples and what happens is that we have neither been able to prove uh, that, uh, I come back to the condition just, we have neither been able to prove that uh, these conditions, any of these equivalent conditions imply uh, any of these two or that this is not true by means of examples. Actually, uh, what is interesting is that uh, we have a kind of false friend in, in this context because if you consider the continuous time case, in the continuous time case the things work amazingly well even if you don't in, in introduce the positivity assumption. If you are familiar with the work uh, uh, by Wicks, Pelletier and De Carlo, which appeared on the uh, European Journal of Control quite, quite a few years ago, it is seen that the, let's say, that the continuous time version of B1 implies the continuous time uh, version of A1, even without positivity requirements. In fact, if we can find uh, a convex combination of the matrices A1 and A2, which is orbits, then, of course, being an orbits matrix, we can try, we can find a uh, a positive definite matrix for this, this condition is verified. But then, trivially, in every point uh, of R to the n, uh, this quantity is smaller than zero, but this quantity can be rewritten as the convex combination of this quantity and this one. So, of course, at least one of them is negative. So one could say, okay, this works nicely for the continuous time case, namely for the continuous time Lyapunovo equation, we may hope to, to adapt the same result to the discrete time case, to the discrete time Lyapunovo equation, and this is not the case. In fact, what it can be shown is that if uh, we start with a convex combination of the two matrices A sub 1 and A sub 2, which is sure, and then we pick up a matrix, a positive definite matrix P, such that uh, the discrete time Lyapunovo equation all Oh, so uh, th this ma it makes a sub one satisfied. Then, uh, okay, sorry, pardon me. It makes this condition. Not all these matrices make condition a one satisfy. So what I can use for the convex combination does not bring this condition. The same matrix P may not work to prove a one. Well, what, what actually happens is that, for instance, in this example, with this very two simple diagonal matrices, there are matrices P for which uh, uh, this condition is not verified, as we fi can find a state in which, unfortunately, both these quantities are positive, and hence, so A1 is not verified. But for this specific case, we can also find a matrix P for which things work nicely, namely in every point of, 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 of um, R, to, R to the square power, uh, either this quantity or this quantity, pardon me, uh, either without the greater than, uh, greater than or equal to zero, 
uh, either this quantity or this quantity is negative always. So no common solution of these inequalities with uh, greater than or equal to zero can be found. So, what did, so in the previous slide uh, you had um, the Carlos result. What did the Carlos say? He said that if if the convex the convex combinations all go through in discrete time as well, did he say that? No, he said that this, uh, the, um, the Carlos paper is about continuous time. Yeah. And he says that uh, if you find uh, if you find a, a convex combination of the two matrices which is orbits, then you can uh, I mean for every matrix P. Uh, symmetric positive definite, which uh, can define um, a positive definite quadratic Lyapunov equation for the convex combination, you can use that to prove that at least one of uh, at least one of these quantities is negative. So you, you, you can use that to implement a stabilization, a state-based stabilization algorithm telling you that uh, using the same single Lyapunov function and you can always choose subsystems uh, at which the, 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 the Lapuna function decreases. So you were hoping that the same result yes. would go through the discrete time, convex combination though. And that does not work. Yeah. It, it is not, doesn't, actually it's very complicated uh, to move from, uh, I mean, from a discrete time Lapuna equation for the convex combination to something that can be used for the single matrices actually. You, 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 you cannot reverse. Maybe, I mean, the point is that in, at this time I'm not able to say whether these two conditions are equivalent to these four or not. It is simply that the techniques that we have used do not work. Okay. So, uh, let's come to the, well, to the reason why we have uh, devoted some time to these algebraic properties of uh, matrix pairs. As I said, uh, it is uh, sort of implicit in uh, um, the definition of stabilization that we gave that uh, generically sigma must just be a, a function of, of the time, not necessarily a function of the state. So we can think of it as a, an open loop control action that uh, we apply to the system and in general may depend on the positive initial state which we start from, even though, I mean, as we, as we saw, uh, this is not necessarily the case. So we now uh, have been searching for uh, state feedback stabilizing switching lows and uh, uh, this kind of strategy is also known as variable structure control and uh, uh, some I mean first results about this issue appeared as far as I know in the paper by De Carlo actually in some conference papers preceding that 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 work so uh, the idea uh, again is that of implementing some kind of a stabilizing switching strategy which is based only upon a function and the interesting thing is that uh, for positive systems, we may resort not only to quadratic positive definite Lyapunov functions, which were those used by the Carlo in the paper, uh, in appearing in the European Journal of Control, but two, three different classes of Lyapunov functions. So let's start with the, with the, first, with the first class, which is actually the weaker and, 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 uh, and say the, the, the bigger, the larger. Uh, Suppose that we have a positive switch system whose matrices A sub 1 and A sub 2 satisfy condition C of the previous proposition. So uh, for these systems, we can find what is called a quadratic opposite Lyapunov function, namely a quadratic function of this sort, which is not obliged to take positive value everywhere but in the origin, but uh, just in the positive orthand. 
So it must take positive values only on the positive of Orton. And if condition C is satisfied for such a function, we can always ensure that the minimum between these increments, uh, which are defined in this way, and as you see, we, we come back to the Lepun of equations we have been considering earlier, let's say uh, the minimum between delta V1 and delta V2 is always negative. So, may, by making use of this result, we can ensure that for positive switch systems uh, 1, uh, which admit a quadratic copositive Lyapunov of function uh, satisfying condition 2, we can ensure that this uh, state feedback switching rule that I commented uh, uh, later st stabilizes the system, namely uh, allows to drive to zero every positive initial state. So what is written here actually is nothing different from what is written in uh, in your paper where you use the, the, the argument that minimize uh, uh, with respect to the index i delta v sub i being sure that this is a non-negative number it is just that in order and this is particularly relevant with, when we have a, when we have several subsystems not only two subsystems in order to uniquely define sigma we choose in case there are several indices for which uh, uh, this, uh, this condition is verified namely the minimum is achieved by switching on more than one subsystem, then we choose the one having minimum index. So in this case, if delta v sub 1 is smaller than delta v sub 2, no problem, we commute to 1, and the converse if delta v sub 2 is smaller than delta v sub 1, we commute to 2. But if they take the same values, we always choose to go to the first system. So that is, that is the rule. And uh, Okay, I skip this. And uh, this, the, the, the proof of the result is based on uh, continuity arguments and on Weierstrass theorem, and it's uh, quite, uh, quite elementary, and it can be immediately extended to the smaller class of uh, discrete-time positive switch systems, whose matrices A sub 1 and A sub 2 satisfy either condition A1 or condition A2. In that case, what we may rely on is a quadratic positive definitely upon a function for which the, in, the, the increments, uh, uh, I mean, the minimum of the increments is necessarily negative. And again, we can define uh, a switching strategy, which is just the same we have used earlier for quadratic copositive functions and just ensure stabilization. Uh, this is a remark, I mean, for some of you maybe a little, a little too, too technical, but for some of you maybe of some interest, uh, because, I mean, particular for Patrizia, I think, because it refers to a result uh, of one of his papers. A special situation when uh, we can find a quadratic positive definite function uh, such that uh, condition 5 holds, namely have this, that the, the minimum of the increment is surely negative, is the situation we can find a parameter alpha and a positive definite matrix such that this condition holds true. Notice that this is not a discrete time Lyapunov equation. It is the combination of two, uh, the convex combination of two discrete time uh, positive equations. This is the problem because this is good, but we cannot achieve something like this starting from the discrete time Lyapunov equation of the convex combination of A1 and A2. But I was, as I was saying, 
if we are in this very special situation, which is a, a, a more restrictive situation, more restrictive properties with respect to A1 and A2, then in this case, what happens is that the same strategy we are, the, the strategy we are using is just the same one that uh, Patrizio and uh, Jose, you know, uh, Jeromel used uh, in, in their paper up here on the Europe, in, in the International Journal of Control, and which is based on multiple Lyapunov-Metzler inequalities. I mean, I skipped the details, but uh, it is proved in, in that reference that under these conditions, uh, we can define starting from the matrix P from some suitable small epsilon, matrix P sub i, that satisfy this family of Messler inequalities. So what happens is that uh, this uh, uh, switching strategy, which is the one used in, in the paper by Patrizio, is absolutely equivalent to this strategy, namely it provides the same results. At each time, the decision that they take, the two strategies is just the same. So well, that's, I found that kind of cute, I mean, reading the paper that we had found two different things. Uh, uh, through different uh, strategies. Actually, uh, Patrizio's uh, uh, strategy is uh, uh, more general because uh, he, uh, he contemplates the possibility of having a piecewise quadratic function, while in this case we have only one function. Uh, finally, for positive systems, we can uh, make use of another class of uh, Lyapunov function, which is represented by the linear copositive Lyapunov functions. If any one of the conditions B1, B2, B4 that we have uh, illustrated earlier is satisfied, we can find for the switch system a linear copositive function, which is defined in this way, where V is a strictly positive vector, and we can ensure again that uh, upon defining as an as, as increment, delta v sub i, this expression, then the minimum between delta v sub 1 and delta v sub 2 is negative. And consequently, we have that again, by using the same state feedback switching rule for system describing this way, where this time the, the Lepuno function is this linear copositive function, we can stabilize the system. Okay, so what have we seen? We have seen that when we deal with positive switch systems and we want to stabilize them by means of uh, uh, state feedback switching laws, we can, uh, well, of course, we could try to find different strategies, but uh, if we want to refer to single Lyapunov function, we make, make use of three kinds of uh, Lyapunov function, namely the usual positive definite function, linear copositive function, and quadratic copositive functions. And actually, uh, since these three classes of Lyapunov functions are related to conditions A1, A2, B1, B4, and to condition C, I mean, the conditions to use the various functions are increasingly less restrictive. Let's consider this case. Suppose that we have a, a positive switch system for which a, a convex sure combination of the two matrices A, A sub 1, A sub 2 can be found namely for which any one of the equivalent condition B1 before uh, is satisfied. In this case, we can choose between two kinds of switching strategies, either those uh, based on linear copositive Lyapunov function or those based on quadratic copositive Lyapunov functions, either of rank one or of higher rank. 
So one says, what, what is convenient to use? I mean, what, which kind of strategies is, is, is good? One would think that since I have a stronger property, it's more convenient to use the linear compositive function because these systems have, may, may adopt this kind of strategies while other systems could not. This is not the case, actually. What happens is that it is quite easily to prove that the strategies, the switching strategies based on linear compositive Lyapunov functions are just completely equivalent to the strategies based on quadratic composite Lyapunov functions of rank one. And this is, let me, this is due to this equivalence. So what happens is that if we have a pair of matrices that satisfy this condition B1, Making use of condition B2 and then employing uh, a, a linear compositive Lyapunov function based strategies, or making use of condition before and resorting to quadratic compositive Lyapunov function of rank 1 is just the same thing, so we're not gaining anything. But then, since these matrices that satisfy before are a subset of the matrices that satisfy C, we have, I mean, in this way, realized that it's much more convenient to simply, well, let me think where, where I finished now, because, okay. Okay, so what happens is that the class of switching laws, which are based on positive quadratic Lyapunov functions, is the richer and actually the more convenient, because all the others are a subset of them. So, I mean, by broadening our research in, 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 uh, in the set of uh, quadratic composite Lyapunov function, we can either leave the performances in terms of convergence invariant or we can improve them. Surely we cannot do any worse. And again, we can, if we have more powerful systems for which either condition A1 or condition A2 holds, so we could use either quadratic uh, positive definite or uh, or linear compositive or quadratic compositive. Again, we know that uh, uh, the class of quadratic compositive function surely encompasses positive definite functions. So again, the larger class, the weaker class, is the one that ensures us to obtain uh, better performances. So this is a very awful picture that I made very nicely with the PowerPoint, but I've never been able to convert in a decent PDF after several attempts. So this is how the colors have finished with this very funny coloring. This, this picture shows what is the situation. So the quadratic compositive base switching lows are the, 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 the broader set, the, the larger set. And inside this set of switching lows, we can find as two subset the switching lows based on positive definite matrices and the switching lows based on linear compositive matrices, which are, as I said, the same as those based on quadratic compositive functions of rank one. So this is the picture, and this is the reason was, as I said, I mean, resorting to this uh, larger set uh, provides more chances to improve the performances of the systems when we search for a quick uh, stabilization, a quick conversion to zero, at least in, in terms of uh, uh, worst case performance. And uh, I don't know whether I was too quick, but this concludes my talk, actually. No one ever complains if you finish early. Yeah, <laughs> I know that, I know that. I've been in the public several times, so I know how, how, how much sleepy you can get. So, so questions?
So I can see, so we, in, the, in establishing the equivalence between the linear capacitive and the quadratic capacitive Franklin, you just take P to be VD transpose, right? Absolutely, it's very elementary. So if you go in the other, is it true though if you go in the other direction, is it, so there's a, there's a result which says that if you have the Leibniz function, you take a square or the quartic, then that's also the Leibniz function. But going down, so you take the square root, doesn't imply. Is there, are there any counterexamples? Is there any? Is it really the case that there are entirely proved? It's not possible to this to this to use complex entries in the in the rank one vector to uh, make a proper counterexample going in the opposite direction. Uh, I have no idea. I have not tried that actually. So what I what I can tell you is that uh, uh, well, as far as as I know, uh, uh, yeah, that does uh, we we can have hope that this, this class is enlarged to, 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 to fill in the, the, I mean the hole, a large one, but this surely strictly included. But I, I don't know whether by moving to complex, I've never tried that. I've never seen actually use complex number in, with positive systems. Have you? Have you? Okay. Ah, oh, maybe that's a, you're a good idea. Is yeah. it true, Bob, that any, uh, if you have a Lyapunov function, any monotonic function of that is also a Lyapunov function? Yeah. So then well, it should be fine. Either way, no, either no, square no, no, or taking no, no, the square root. Really. If you take the square root of the Leibniz function, then that's also the Leibniz function. So going from this quadratic down to linear, you know, there might be some peculiarities there that you could come up with. So it's true if you start with v and go to v squared and v to the 4 and v to the 8, then, because you just have, you know, right. you have uh -huh. 8 v v dot. We're getting a good discussion. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask, we see linear co-positive, then we go quadratic. Uh, do you see any advantage to trying to go to higher homogeneous forms, or is this...? Well, well, probably yes, and you could even get better performances, but in that case, I mean, the search could be a little more complicated. That's kind of, I mean, of course... Not a little more complicated, yeah, a little lot more complicated. Yeah, the, the, the point is that, uh, I mean, of course, there's a trade-off between performances and, and the complexity in searching for, for the tool in order to implement the switching strategies. That is, of course, uh, I, I mean, I, I would, happy, would be happy to explore that issue, but as I said, these are uh, still quite preliminary results. We have just obtained them. So this is the picture that we have got up to now. Okay, look, I'm sure there'll be other questions afterwards. And uh, so Ellen is here for a bit, bit longer now. Franco, unfortunately, will be leaving in a little while, but we've got half an hour, I guess, for discussions here too. So thank you once again. Thank you very much.